Welcome back to Mouthpiece. I am Savage Dan. I'm Paulie Malinaji, the magic man. As always, remember to like, comment, subscribe. And this week, we had somebody in the comments playing matchmaker, of course. And this was the comment. It said, Paulie and Floyd Mayweather should fight now. The way I see now? it, it's a win-win. Mayweather fights right now. Wait, 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 wait for it. It's not even done. Mayweather fights an actual boxer or a fighter, drawing in hardcore boxing fans and the casuals. Both Paulie and Floyd aren't necessarily known for being heavy-handed boxers, so we should get a fight with all the sweet, all, all the makings of the sweet science, given that they're both cerebral fighters. Also, less risk to the health of each, either fighter. Big payday, to, big payday for each. Take my money. What do you think? <laughs> I think Fancy it, it? I, I, I think it's a, a, a pure boxing fans fight, but uh, I don't have the popularity of the Paul brothers. <laughs> so I don't, it's I, true. I think, it's true. Uh, I think we need uh, I think for those kind of things to happen, you have to have the popularity of the Paul brothers to, to get Floyd to uh, you could you could just run around and I don't know, throw wet tissue at people. You know, that's how you build a fight now. Just do weird things. And all of a sudden you got yourself a fight. Anyway, uh, from from one man in the comments trying to make fantasy fights. To another that is really making fights, we give you the first ever guest on a new format, Mr. Sam Jones. Sam, thanks for coming. Nice to have you. You're you're the first guest that's been back, albeit it's on a on a new format. Um, but how how are things at the moment? Busy? Yeah, all good, mate. All good. All good. Can't complain. Um, all right. So we've obviously seen the this weekend's boxing, and we had Billy Joe Saunders against. Uh, Canelo Alvarez which ended rather abruptly uh, mm. obviously it, it seems like Billy Joe's had a, a, a broken orbital bone uh, what did you make of the fight as a whole? Um, I thought it was a good fight I didn't think it was a great fight I thought it, I thought um, Billy Joe did what he was the only way possible for him to win this fight like it's no secret that Canelo's got the best I would say the best chin, maybe apart from Joe Joyce, but he's definitely got the, one of the best chins in boxing. So, um, so he was never going to win by knockout. So he had to kind of be, be elusive. Um, it was just hard to kind of make a dent on Canelo. And I think Canelo mm -hmm. like just found the body very, very quickly. I was impressed with how, how quickly he found that he, he got into range. Um, and the fight just uh, ended how it ended. I think it was, um, I remember watching one of Paulie's fights against Miguel Cotto. You never got no easy uh, world title fights, did you, Did you, Paulie? You had nothing easy. Um, his first world title fight against Miguel Cotto, I remember watching that watching that fight live. And um, you kind of see with the orbital bones, it kind of shows like straight away. Um, and say, like what happened with Paulie, you kind of saw that there was something wrong with it. But like Paulie's was like an extreme factor, like came out like that. But mm -hmm. Billy's, you kind of saw his face kind of, not dented, but like cave in a bit, caved yeah. in, yeah. So, I, I, it's 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 a bad injury. I mean, Paul is the best qualified to tell you about that injury. But it, um, it, it, it Mark Tibbs did did the did the right thing and, and pulled his and pulled his man out. It's health before wealth. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Paulie, I guess the floor's yours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're you know, the only I, one first here. Of, first off, I think uh, Billy Joe, had he stayed in the fight, he would have had the kind of swelling that I had. You know. Um, he probably had it later in the night, I, I would assume, you know. Um, he had a, a real blackening of the eye as well, um, and you could see that there was structural damage. So I, I would go as far as to say he would have definitely had the same kind of swelling I had, but he probably still had that kind of swelling 
as as his night went on in the hospital. Obviously, that's the thing uh, about fighting. The, the fans kind of go to sleep or they go out, and, and the fighters have to deal with the trauma of the fight when it comes to these kind of injuries. Uh, so I, I would think that uh, Billy Joe probably was dealing with all this. As for the fight, I, 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 I agree with Sam in that Billy Joe had to fight in the way he was fighting. But I do think I've seen Billy Joe be sharper. I do think Billy Joe was a little bit, you know, and I think it's natural when you've never fought in front of a crowd this big, um, uh, a, a monster crowd that's loud and boisterous and vociferous and against you uh, can be a little bit unnerving, and you've got to kind of settle into the fight. And if you're a timing fighter, that little bit of tightness can cost you because it's, it's going to disrupt your own timing in the way you're throwing your shots. And I saw Billy Joe from early in the fight coming up a little short in his shots, uh, not finding his correct distance. He was finding it at times and even obviously won a few rounds. But I, and I, I never found Billy Joe to be totally settled into the fight. Um, he was, uh, he was uh, undershooting a little bit and coming up short. And ultimately, that it was because of the undershooting that eventually he got hit with that counter that broke his orbital bone. But I remember even there were several different times where Canelo did the same thing. He basically double jabbed at Billy Joe, drove Billy Joe to the ropes, and then loaded up a big, big body shot. And Billy Joe blocked it every time. The thing about it is when you're loose enough and when you're a slick counterpuncher like Billy Joe, at a certain point, if you're loose enough, if you're not tight, you're seeing the same thing over and over. You're going to probably keep catching that body shot, but even as you get backed up on the double jab, you know that body shot's coming. And Billy Joe knew it was coming because he was prepared to block it every time. But at a certain point, you're ready to catch and shoot off of it, you know, because you, mm -hmm. you know it's coming. Like, I, the, the moment, you can tell from Canelo's momentum when he's throwing his first jab that he's going to throw a second one. He's, you know, it's the kind of jab he's throwing. He's looking to back you up. So mm -hmm. you already know from the first jab that's coming as you're backing up that it's going to end with another jab and then a, a, a big body shot, uppercut type of shot, you know? And mm -hmm. I think I was really uh, a little bit disappointed in the way Billy Joe didn't catch on to it because it's just a, a little quick fire you know it's like a, like a trigger like it just touch you and shoot it if yeah. you get canelo with a couple of those counter uppercuts your momentum's going back it's not going to be a big shot but what it's going to do is it's going to make him hesitate to use that same kind of maneuver again because now he's seeing a counter in between it, you know and i never saw billy jo and, I'm, and billy joe's capable of all this he's he's, he's a quality world-class fighter but i just think that these were little signs and little little uh hints and clues that he never really got settled into the fight he was a little bit um tight because of the entire atmosphere and it's completely natural people still gonna say oh well he's a veteran trust me it's completely natural i i i've been there in these kind of situations not in front of seventy thousand people but i fought in front of fifty-seven thousand in manchester stadium manchester city stadium etihad and other other places and i've even been in front of terrible terrible uh, uh one-sided crowds against me so so it can be unnerving, and, and to settle into the fight can take you sometimes a round or two. And sometimes you never really get settled into it that way. And, and though Billy Joe won some rounds, I, f I never felt we got the best Billy Joe Saunders on, on Saturday night. I felt like they, they, there's more Billy Joe Saunders can give in a fight against Canelo Alvarez when you put their, both their styles together. And I, and, I, and I didn't see the Billy Joe Saunders that I know he's capable of. And that's obviously some of it is a testament to Canelo, but I think more of it, because Canelo's not really that busy of a fighter, more of it, it was the entire atmosphere playing into, into, the, into the hands of, of, uh, of Canelo and, and uh, against Billy Joe. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's a testament to Canelo. I, I guess uh, a question worth asking is, 
we 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 know that fight was going to be pretty competitive, but we all expected Canelo to win. Um, didn't know how he'd win it, and he, he obviously stopped him in kind of destructive style. But um, is there anyone, Sam, that you're thinking uh, anywhere between maybe 160 and 175 that that definitely beats Canelo? I think the only thing is to beat Canelo now. Like, I mean, I had Golovkin beating him twice. Yeah. I mean, that that's just my, my opinion. I think the first fight that Golo- I think Golovkin beat him clearly in the first yeah, fight. I had that the, the second fight. The judges weren't scoring jabs, so they obviously didn't think jabs were scoring shots in 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 in, in that in that particular fight. I think I had him beaten twice, so he is beatable, Canelo. He's not invincible, but the last few fights he's looked he's looked tremendous. You know what I mean? He has looked tremendous, Canelo. Um, Yildrim, we won't count that one because Yildrim just 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 no. Um, but yeah, you're gonna have to start kind of building a fighter to, to, to kind of beat him. I mean, Mayweather beat him, but Canelo was young and he was he was at the he was at a much lower weight. Um, but the only thing I could see potentially beating Canelo is if he went up back up to light heavyweight again and just size beat Canelo alone because I think the version of Kovalev that he beat. Um, a few years ago, Kovalev would have given him a lot more problems. I, I thought mm-hmm. Kovalev was shot to bits when he, when he fought him that time. But he's 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 looking very very good at the moment, Canelo. Not I wouldn't say invincible, but I would say close to it, um, yeah. close to it at, at at the moment. And as I say against Billy Joe, like you saw when he got him, when he saw that he had hurt him, uh, hurt his uh, hurt his eye. He was revving the crowd. He was a spiteful bastard. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like he really was. Like he was spiteful. Like like he was. Re- he knew he'd hurt him, and he got the crowd behind him. And yeah, it, unless 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 there's a, a um, I mean Andrade like Andrade kind of goes missing in 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 like even against Liam Williams, he, he he went missing. I don't believe. I think Andrade can cause him real problems for four or five rounds, but then Canelo figure him out and then end up stopping him. Um, so not right now, not not right now. Maybe towards the latter stages of Canelo's Canelo, if he if he stays on, and because I think he just loves to fight, doesn't he? Canelo, he's a proper gym rat. So so yeah. I'm told he's he's in the gym, he lives the life, and he just he loves beating people up. So until he gets like old and he stays in, and probably has that one too many. Like it's it's like I'm not be, being yeah. disrespectful to Sam Eggington, but when Sam Eggington fought Malinak put Paulie a few years ago, I will use Paulie as an example. Paulie would have not being disrespectful with Sam, Paulie Eggington wouldn't have landed a glove on Paulie 10 years ago. And I'm serious on that. He wouldn't have landed one shot. So you, you can have that one too many. And, and that's probably what will beat Canelo eventually. But until then, I can't see I can't see anybody beating him because I think Golovkin's nearly 40 years old now. And I think he's not going to be getting better now. He's going to be on the slide. Canelo banging his prime. Yeah, I... I, uh, I... I, I kind of uh, see where you're going with that, Sam. And I, I had uh, Golovkin winning both fights as well. I, I do I can see Canelo giving Golovkin a third fight just to kind of try to say well, I'm going to close the chapter, and and he probably stops and he probably stops Golovkin. But I know an old Golovkin by that point, it's it's kind of the situation you're talking about in Canelo, where it'll be one too many for Golovkin by that point, and he'll probably stop him, and uh, people will unjustly forget the first two fights. Um, as far as the Andre comparison, I actually used to think Andre would beat Canelo, but I think based on the recent Andre I've seen and the recent Canelo I've seen, I've probably changed my mind. I still, however, do not agree with 
Canelo's the treatment of Andre in the post-fight press conference. Personally, me, it was very obvious and clear Andre was probably told not to cause a stir in the post-fight press conference by his promoter or somebody. I, I'm going to go out on a whim and say he probably was told by Eddie because he was very, very respectful in the way he was calling out Canelo. Me, I would have not done that, and I'm sure Andre probably didn't want to be that respectful. <laughs> you know, yeah, you know, Andre, I'm sure, and, and despite the fact that he was respectful, Canelo was like saying, you, you don't beat nobody, you don't fight nobody. Bro, Rocky Fielding beat somebody, fought somebody? Uh, Yavni Yildrim beat somebody? I, I mean, if we're going to count, if you're going to count that as your criteria, you then can't go and fight as recently as three months ago, Avni Yildrim. I'm sorry, if, that, if that's your criteria. So, and, and the funny thing is, at this point, I based on their recent performances, I, I think Canelo beats uh, 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 Andre. Early, uh, as, as little as a year or two ago, I would not have picked him to beat Andre. But based on that, it's like you said, Sam, he goes missing. He goes missing in several fights. And I, I thought Liam Williams actually hurt him in the, in, in yeah, the fight in, with did. a good right hand. So, so I... I I see there, and I wouldn't take um, I wouldn't take the the Andre fight as, as as somebody that can beat Canelo, but I do I would like to see Andre get his opportunity because I, I well maybe I'm a little biased I know him since he's a teenager and uh, he's always been ultra talented and he's been severely underappreciated in his whole career. But at this point, I think Canelo would beat him. Canelo's like, oh, you want to pay that? I mean, doesn't everybody want to pay that, <laughs> right? Doesn't, do you doesn't... remember, Paulie? Remember, remember when remember when you were sat at a press conference here, yeah? you were. Mm-hmm. Just won the WBA title, but I think you beat Senchenko, right? Yeah, yeah. And Keith Thurman was Thurman, yep. nobody knew. Nobody knew who the hell Keith Thurman was, and he was like poorly this, and and you were like, now everyone's talking about me in your press conference. I remember yeah, you saying yeah, that to yeah. him, and it's a similar kind of thing. It's a similar and kind of thing. It's funny because Keith at that time didn't understand it, but later, years later, he actually was telling me he he understood it now, uh, especially when Errol Spence started coming up the ladder and doing that to him, you know? So he's like, yeah, wow, you know, I yeah, didn't yeah. understand that at that time, but now I understand what you were talking about. And so it kind of works that way, but, but with Andre, he's been around the whole time. I mean, it's not like he's just like, the new guy on the scene. It's So if you're choosing to fight Avni and you're choosing to fight Rocky Fielding, you can make a. You can probably give Demetrius a chance if he's that bad. I mean, if he, you're talking about he, you're, he's talking about him like he's the like he's the rug you walk on. If he's that bad, he can't be worse than Avni Ildrim. I'm sorry, no, you can't pick yeah, me yeah, a worse yeah. opponent than Avni Ildrim. Then and you fought him in a stadium. So obviously, yeah, it has yeah. nothing to do with with the opponent's style, the, how how known the opponent is, how boring the opponent is. It has nothing to do with that. But Canelo on his own will sell the entire stadium. So it has nothing to do with that. He's legitimately making excuses. Now you're going to tell me, oh, Yildrim was a mandatory. Since when do mandatories matter to a guy like Canelo? Since when? <laughs> you can do what you because, want. Because if you're talking about mandatories, Jamal Charlo was a mandatory for over a year. Okay? And they, yeah. and they never fought Jamal Charlo. And that, and, 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 and that was going to lead into my next point. My guy to beat Canelo, and, and again, this is not a disrespect to Canelo. I think he's an excellent fighter. As a matter of fact, I think this is the only guy that beats Canelo, aside from maybe if he goes up to light heavyweight and, and you know now you're talking outside that guy's weight class, maybe somebody knocks him out. But he's talking about somebody his size. My guy that beats him and at his size is Jamal Charlo. Jamal Charlo beats Canelo Alvarez. I will put that out there, and that's my, that's my 
total prediction right now. This ver right now, Jamal Chola right now, Canelo right now beats him. A year ago, I would have picked Andre too. I do not pick Andre to beat Canelo right Does now. Does he fight him though, Paulie? Will he fight no, him? Sure. No, he won't fight him. That's the so. problem. That's the problem. I now there's different so. weight classes. Now you have even more excuses. Before you just made the the what'd you make the the, the world champion and the uh, franchise or whatever they call it now, legacy. What I don't even know what they call these things anymore. You know, you just made them two different champions and then you avoided the mandatory from happening. You know, so. Yeah. I don't know, man, but but I would. But Jamal is the guy to be Canelo right now. I think Jamal is the guy to be Canelo even a year ago. Right, right now, I I thought I I think only Jamal beats him at that that is around his weight. If you start going to light heavyweight and taking me guys like Better Beev, I mean Better Beev is the kind of guy he hits you a one shot and you go to sleep for a week, you know. So yeah. so I mean I, I'm not even gonna count that because Canelo's not really a light heavyweight. He just goes up to that. Caleb weight. Plant, Caleb Plant. I, I don't believe he's got the style to beat Canelo. I, I, I think, think Caleb. That, I, think, I think Caleb's I like quality. Caleb. I, I think Caleb I was quality. Yeah, I think Caleb was, qual Caleb was quality, but you know, you need a legitimate, real quality, extra quality guy. Caleb is a good fighter, and you know what? Let's face it, we'd all watch it. It's a unification type of fight. I mean, 100%. both guys would have a chance to unify. Why not, right? But as skilled as I think Caleb is, he's also never been in the situation that Billy Joe was in on Saturday night, which is that huge stadium, huge atmosphere, raw, raucous. I'm telling you, it is. When you go into that, for the, I don't care how many world-class fighters you fall. When you go into that and they're all against you and you've never dealt with that before, it's a bit more difficult. And you can't afford to go into a, a fight against Canelo when you're usually a slick, smooth fighter and be a little tight because it will cost you. And, and I, I cost what, Billy Joe Saunders. What arena did you fight Juan Diaz in in Texas? I fought him in the Toyota Center. The Toyota Center. The two worst atmospheres I ever fought in were uh, a Cotto in the Garden and uh, Juan Diaz in the Toyota Center. Um, yeah. Cotto in the Garden. I don't. The Puerto Ricans fans. They they were so loud. I can remember being at Trinidad fights, and they felt like I remember ear, hearing it. I remember yeah, it hearing felt like it. your ears were gonna blow out. And I remember being like, man. And then I wound up dealing with that in the Garden against Cotto too. You know. So it was. I don't know if it's the walls. The sounds bounce off the walls, and it's just crazy. You know. And in the I remember the Juan Diaz fight. They were so bad. They were so. Bad. I remember the the security going coming to the dressing room in the Juan Diaz fight and being and telling me like they just stabbed somebody in the in the crowd. They got to take them out. And like three people got stabbed in the crowd that night. And I'm like, they're all here for the they're all here for the same guy. I don't I don't think yeah. anybody's getting stabbed for me. I mean, we're in this whole they were, they were, they were, they were <laughs> so they were fighting they were, among each they other. Were, they were fighting each other in, in, on Saturday. They were fighting each other again on Saturday. I, I don't know. So, what, one too many Modellos in, the, in that yeah. crowd. <laughs> anyway, guys, let's move on. All right. <laughs> we could talk about Canelo all week, to be fair. I feel like everyone kind of has the same trailer for We know he's an exceptional fighter, but it seems like everyone's still just waiting for somebody to beat him. I don't know why. Jamal Charlo um, beats him, then. Jamal Charlo beats him. There you have it. It's Jamal Charlo. Um... <laughs> All right, we've got a big card coming up this weekend, the Matchroom card. Um, and obviously, you have a lot of fighters on that card yourself. Um, where it's, what are you expecting from Laron Richards? Um, and obviously, you've got Solomon... Da is it Dakarez? I, I, I Dakers. never know how to... Dakers. Dakers. There Dakers. you go. Dakers. Um, and, and he's got his debut as well. What, what, are, what are you expecting from the net? I'm expecting... Soul to 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 deal with his opponent, a guy that's a guy that's listen. He's a, a journeyman. He's gonna, he's going to be fighting, but then we're gonna we're gonna move Sol a lot faster than than I've got another heavyweight that's that's uh, signed to matchroom, Johnny Fisher, who's who's been impressive. But I'm gonna move Sol a little bit faster. He's 27 years old. He's got lots of um, 
world-class amateur experience. So I'm going to move him a little bit faster. Probably looking at somebody like that Sokolovsky, who David Adelaide struggled with the other week. Yep. Um, somebody like that, because I believe Sol will stop him. Um, Lerone Richards is fighting an Italian, um, Di Cavallo. So it's... Um, He's an experienced campaigner, and he will come to win. He will he will come to win, and Aron's going to have to be at his best to, to deal with him. But we we believe so. I think he'll put on a a, um, a boxing, a, a give him a boxing lesson. I really I really do um, believe that. I know De is from Italy. He's uh he always does come to win. You're right, Sam. I think he has a he has a win in Germany. I think when he beats Zouk, tough right? guy, man. Yeah, yeah Tyrone Zoyga. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tyrone Zoyga. Yeah. Yeah, he's, oh, a, he's yeah, a kind WBA of guy. Because a lot of Italians have the problem when they leave Italy, they just come for the payday. But but the Carolus no, is no, this guy not, comes to win. They, absolutely, the Carolus is one of those guys that actually wherever he goes, he's looking to win, and you can tell he fights that way. You know, you got you got yeah, actually yeah. Go, you got to beat him. He's not going to hand it to you. Hundred percent. Like I said, we've said to Larone, like, and he, I know he's he's been in a lot of fights now, um, uh, but he's. He's going to come to stick it. He's going to stick it on Larone. He's not going to come and lie down. He knows this. This is his last. This could be his last big. Hurrah, do you know what I mean? It's a big platform. He's gonna mm -hmm. he's gonna come and stick it on Lerone. So Lerone's gonna have to be sharp and ready, but he's he's planned for it, he's sparred very well and he's 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 um he's ready to go. Funnily enough, my other heavyweight who you know uh, Paulie, Guido Vianello, he's gonna come and watch. He's really good friends with him. So he's like, mm. <laughs> he <doesn't laughs> yeah. he's really good friends with him. It's one of those where we get torn. I used to hate watching my friends fight. It was worse it, for me it was more nerve wracking than than when I would fight if I had watched two friends fight. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, flipping egg. But it should be interesting. It's going to be a good night. It will be. Also, on the same night, we've got uh, Chris Lovejoy fighting Manuel Char. And obviously, that Chris Lovejoy is not going to happen. <laughs> you I don't think? I swear on my life, on my life, I could sit on short, poorly shoulders at night and I would beat Christopher Lovejoy. <laughs> <laughs> How is he 17 and 0 with seven, against no one? No one that we know of. That's why you don't know. Try and find footage of him. <laughs> He goes to Tijuana and he knocks out some some. Oh, pole. you know who else was doing that, Sam? Adonis Creed was doing that in Creed. <laughs> and look how oh, far yeah, he he, got. He, yes, okay. So <laughs> apart from Adonis Creed aside, I listen. I know Chris Lovejoy. Chris is my he's my friend. I get on with him. I meet up with him in America. But I'm telling you, I, I don't care if he can even hear this. He can't fight. Trust me. All right, um, quickly, what is next for Joe Joyce? What's, what's in the works for him? Obviously, he had a very, very good win against Daniel Dubois. Um, what are you looking at next? Um, Usyk. We want Usyk. Um, Usyk does not want to fight Joe because he's not going to want to fight Joe because he, he's like, he's mandatory for the WBO. So he's like, oh, I can fight Joshua now with for loads of money. And instead, Joshua looks as though the, the Fury AJ fight's getting announced this week. So that's kind of messed up Usyk's great plans for to, to earn to, to uh, have a huge payday and, and and fight Joshua instead he's gonna get horrible grizzly bear like Joe Joyce so do you think that happens uh, yeah it will ha I'm, I'm certain it will happen unless unless Usyk unless Usyk decides not to fight and then the the it will probably go to the WBO number three which is Joseph Parker and then we'll take that fight and fight take that fight any day if Usyk doesn't take it, though, what really is there left to do for Usyk, right? I mean, he doesn't have a lot of options. He just don't want to fight Joe, though, Paulie. He don't want to fight Joe. Usyk's uh, okay. Usyk, you can say he's a big name. But, like, nobody's going to be really in a rush to fight Usyk because nah. of his kind of style. Yeah, because he, but, he's, yeah, he's, I agree. He's, all he's, this weight that he's put on, all this weight that he's put on. I mean, just like when I told everybody Joe will beat Daniel Dubois, I'm telling you, he will go through Alexander Usyk. He'll go through him. 
Yeah, uh, he's, Joe's a big guy, man. I mean, it's just, it's just, it, you could see the, the the size was bothering Dubois too, you know. I know he looks. Sometimes he looks uncouth, and people can say, "Oh, yeah, he's well, slow he, and stuff." Listen, he, he looks a bit cumbersome, he, but he's uh, but he's putting it way more m together, way better as uh, mm -hmm. as he, he's he's yeah. matured a lot more. That Dubois win was really impressive. Yeah, impressed me also. Uh, Sam, who can you give me your top five heavyweights right now? Joe Joyce. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, listen. I, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be honest with you. I, I think, out of respect, you're gonna put Fury, uh, Fury and AJ at the top two, and then number three, I'm putting Joe Joyce there, and I'm. I swear, I mean that. I, I believe he's. I believe he's. He's. He's up there. Um, after that, I would put. Parker? Dillian White. Yeah. No, 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 not Joseph Parker. Not after that. I love Joe, my guy, but not after that last fight. You yeah, will like go Billy. six rounds with Joe after that last fight. No chance. Um, what have I said? So Joe, Dillian. Um, sure. So you got one, one, one spot left. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a tight one. Um, Do you still rate Deontay? Can we get Usyk in the top five? Ah, yeah. Sorry, not? sorry. My, my my mistake. I will put Deontay Wilder there. You got to give Deontay. He had one. He had one night. But listen, he, he lost to the best heavyweight of this of this generation. So I I I, I would still put Deontay up there because Deontay will be can beat anybody on on his night with that right hand. All right. Well, that's the five. Uh, Sam, thanks for for joining us. Uh, any last words? Any threats? Anything? That you, I feel like you've always got something to get over your chest. I uh, know. I've, I've got nothing to get off my off my, uh, <laughs> off my, uh, already, off my chest. He already, he already told us the other guy was a love drug, can't fight. Paulie, Paulie, listen to me. Yeah, I'm saying, I say it with a very straight face. I would sit on your shoulders and I would beat Chris Lovejoy in a fight. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. So you, you already got that off your chest. There's nothing else to get off I'm your chest. I'm telling you. I mean, what the what the hell is is is, is happening? I mean, him versus Manuel Chow, was it for the WBA regular? Yeah, mate, they've, mate, they've got mate. four world championships there. <laughs> oh, mate. Oh, mate. Okay, well. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know. One Manuel Char has not fought for like five years. I know. You know I mean? he, he, can't, he can't pass the drug test. Hey, <laughs> hey, listen. Hey, listen. Chris, if, if he's not fight for five years, you never know. Imagine Chris beats him. Oh my god. Oh my god. What a shambles. What a shambles. Get me off here before I get into trouble. Anyway. Ah. Uh, yeah. Good to have you on. Good to have you on. Yeah, Tim. Great to have you on. We'll speak to you soon. Take care, guys. See you later. Right back to the normal format. Just me and Paulie. Um, we've talked about Canelo Paulie, but we haven't talked about Billy Joe. It was obviously uh, a, a bad injury. Where does he go from here? There's a lot of people saying he might retire. Others um, are saying a, that he, a, he'll, he should continue. Yeah, what do I you mean, think? it's a tough, it's a tough injury, Dan. You know, it's a tough injury because uh, you know it, it's one that hurts you both psychologically and physically. Because even coming back, a lot of times you have a little bit of doubts in the way you're going to come back in, in your 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 confidence in, in getting hit on the face again mm -hmm. and wondering if your uh, if the the healed bone will 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 hold up um, you're dealing with the psychology of your first loss um, it's a damaging damaging injury if you look at the history of that injury uh, most guys don't come back the same way um, Meldrick Taylor was very young when he got it against Julio Cesar Chavez. Yet, you know, and Meldrick was able to win another world championship, but he just never reached the heights that he'd had reached prior to that, you know, uh, and even the promise that he'd had, had he shown prior to that. Um, 
Daniel Dubois still uh, left to see where he's going to go with it, you know? Uh, the irony is I heard that Billy Joe was criticizing Dubois for uh, for giving yeah. up after the uh, the same injury. So that is uh, almost karmaic, you know? It's crazy how, how that ends up happening. Yeah. It is a very bad injury. I, I, you know, people have been telling me, oh, well, you went through it, you went... You did all that, and and I, you know, there's a uh, article that I tweeted out today. Uh, it was about from a few years ago, and it was discussing after Kell Brook gave in after the second injury, you know, and mm-hmm. and uh, to his uh, orbit bone, the other uh, the opposite orbit bone that he hurt against Golovkin, and I tell people, it's uh, it's not something that you know, it was just a certain p- time in my life where I was able to go through it because of you know so many things going on in my life and that had happened. I had my life had to change no matter what, so. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's crazy because boxing puts you in desperate situations and at that time in my life I'd probably rather have been dead anyway than 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 have uh, submitted you know um, yeah. but you tell me you fast forward five ten years after that I'll probably submit to you more <laughs> before I let you kill yeah. me you know so so I I think it, it all being able to withstand that also is uh, it, it, de- it depends on what por- part of your career you're in you know also, um, when you're younger, you're a bit more naive. Um, I think I can say that for myself and probably for Meldrick Taylor when he was only 23 years old in the Chavez fight. I don't think you know what's going on. Like, if, if I'm 30 years old and I get that injury and I've never had it before, I probably know my orbit bone's broken. I remember yeah. being in the Cotto fight wondering why this is swelling. Like, I'm like, I, yeah. I can breathe so my nose is fine. I can open and close my mouth so my jaw is fine. You know, a lot of people assume my jaw was broken. It was not. So yeah. I was like, this guy just hits really, really hard. I mean, it's just like, yeah. uh, it, I don't think anything's broken. I didn't, I, I, the, the orbital bone hadn't even crossed my mind. Maybe if it had, who knows? Maybe it would have played on my mind a little bit on the psychology. I, I, I knew something was wrong, but I just, I just didn't know what. You know, I just thought that this guy just hits too hard. But I think when you're older and you've kind of settled yourself into your life, uh, maybe even become started a family for some guys and, and uh, you've got some money in the bank. It, you, you realize there's more to lose in continuing a fight like that. And and coming back from that injury, especially with, for Billy Joe at his age, I don't know if it's worthwhile to even try. He's got some good money. He's made some very good money. And he probably made very good money in this Canelo fight. So I think if he can kind of take his life into the next phase uh, gracefully, it will it will uh, be better. Yes, you've got to deal with all the the negative talk now. A lot of people are gonna you know negative talk him after a loss. That always happens, especially in today's social media world. But mm-hmm. you know, lions don't worry about the opinions of sheep, right? And and mm-hmm. Billy Joe has had a, a tremendous career, and I don't think he should be worried about all that. Obviously, it's easier said than done. But when you've got the money in the bank and you can be comfortable in these unsure times financially. Um, I think you know the best way, best case scenario for him would be to uh, you know go out um, this way and not test out the injury uh, both physically and psychologically. We spoke about the 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 main event. Let's talk about the undercard <coughs> because that fight was ridiculous, and I don't even need to say what fight. I think you know what fight I'm talking about. Yeah, that's Soto Takayama fight. That's that actually <laughs> that actually stole the show. When you look back on the night now, that was the best fight of the night. And it was just give and take constantly. It was like these two guys were on super batteries, you know. <laughs> it's like, but that, that's how you get you relentless with, shots. Yeah, usually with smaller guys, that's what you, what you do get. You know, uh, they they're a bit more energetic, they're smaller physically, so like they have a bit better conditioning. But Takiyama, at 37 years old, obviously he's had a championship career, but he took this fight on short notice. Clearly, he'd been in the gym because 
you know, you don't have that kind of conditioning if you, if you haven't been training, yeah. uh, even on four weeks notice. And, and no, he wasn't getting the better of it. But this is a world championship fight. This is an ex-world champion who you deserves the respect to be able to go out like a champion. And it's not like he wasn't responding. I mean, he, he didn't do... He didn't do a McGregor against Mayweather where you don't throw a punch for a minute and then you complain that they stopped the fight. You know, like Takayama was throwing constantly. He was throwing as they stopped the fight, you know. So, so um, you know, it's I like Lawrence Good Cole stoppage. as a person. Bad stoppage? Bad stoppage. I, I, I like Lawrence yeah. Cole as a person. I think, you know, I've met him several times. Even refereed my first fight with Juan Diaz, which I also don't think he did a great job at. But as a referee, sometimes he's a bit shaky, you know. Um, and I'm not sure that... Um, you know, he should be roughing this level of fights if he keeps making these kind of mistakes. He's got several different mistakes on his ledger. And again, I like him as a person, but, he, you know, you've got to be qualified to be on certain levels. And uh, Cole, I, I have no idea why he just decided to stop it. Maybe he wanted to see the main event. You know, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe he was like, all right, I, I want to see the main event. <laughs> it did. It, it was strange. It was strange. I, I, I mean, some I've seen some people say, you know, it was probably a... Uh, just looking out for the safety, which obviously they have to do. But surely you can see whilst they're still throwing back, there's still life in them. There's still this. They're still there. And I get it. At 37, you don't want to see a 37 year old guy taking those shots. He was definitely not getting the better of the action, but he was landing his own shots. Good. He was in the fight. And, yeah. and, 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 and although you worry about health at times, you also have to respect a man's championship pedigree and the men's championship level. And Takayama has had the, a championship career, and he deserves to be able to be given the benefit of the doubt as a champion should. Uh, obviously, Kieran Conway narrowly missed out on a win. Also, Keyshawn and Kelvin Davis both go on to win on the card. Um, who would you say are the best brothers in the history of boxing? Um, so the obviously, there's the Klitschko brothers. There's the Charlo brothers. There's the... Mm -hmm. Uh, who else? Who else are brothers? I suppose Tyson Fury and Tommy Fury. Jake and Joe Lamada. Brothers. Come on. <laughs> huh? Jake and Joey Lamada. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It has to be. <laughs> there you go. But is there is there anyone else in the running that is? No. To me, the best combination of brothers that brothers. are like world class of pedigree probably the Charlo brothers. I I don't know that I've seen the Quarry brothers were good. Uh, you've had other brothers that were solid brother comedy. Well, what about even the, the Klitschko's? Even, they even ruled, the, even they the for Ruelos 10 years. Brothers, Gabriel and Rafael Ruelos were both world champions as well when I was a kid. Uh, but to win world championships and be as dominant as the Charlos have been as brothers, I don't think you'll find a brother combination that has been, as, been able to be as, as solid and dominant as the Charlo brothers. Uh, I probably would I pick I think them. I've got one. Hmm. Who do you I'm got? I'm going to go with the, Kli the Klitschko's. Ah, Charlie, uh, you're right. Charlie How can I Ryan forget Ryan. the Klitschko's? You're right. <laughs> How can I forget the Klitschko's? You're absolutely right. Now, you know what? That's a tough one. Yeah, man. Yeah, you got to go with the Klitschko's too. Mm, that's a nice That's a nice debate for a lot of people. Yep. Yeah. Nice, but I think the, the Klitschko tandem and the, and the Charlo tandem probably are above the rest. But you can give well, a lot of respect. There's a couple others that, that, that we, didn't, we didn't even realize, actually. You got, you got one... Manuel Marquez and then Rafael Marquez. You've yes. got Roger, Floyd, and Jeff Mayweather. Um, but I, I think the, the the names that really jump off at you are Vladimir and Vitaly Klitschko. Yeah. They literally had the heavyweight division in a headlock for so yeah. many years. You're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah, I'm probably going to go with Klitschko slightly. The Klitschko's. You're right, Dan. That's a good one. Charlo's right behind them. I think yeah. the Ruelas brothers after that. Marquez brothers after that. 
Wow, you, you got more brother tandems than you realize, right? The Quarry yeah, brothers were exactly. the Quarry brothers were very entertaining in the seventies, but they came up yeah. just short of world level. But but they were uh, very very entertaining fighters, and and they they had some nice wins on their record as well over over world class guys. Oh, one more, one more. The Spinks brothers, the Spinks brothers. Of course. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Oh, they they could actually go in quite high. Yeah. yeah. Well, Leon they didn't could. have a Leon didn't have a prolonged championship career, but a win over Ali is a win over Ali. That that's like ten wins say, over ten champions. It doesn't get much bigger than that. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't get much bigger than that. Anyway, let's get on to on this day, and on fifteenth of May two thousand and ten, Paulie Malinaji. I don't know how every week you've got a fight. <laughs> um, I'm too this old, one man. obviously isn't one of the ones that you won, but it was your fight against Amir Khan at MSG. Um, look, this was a. A, a, quite a controversial build-up yeah. to the fight. Yeah, um, yeah. Press conferences were heated, um, and there was just a big—I don't know—there was a big aura around the fight. Do you remember it well? Yeah, yeah, there was. It was. It was. You know, it, I, I look back on these promotions like where there were a lot of trash talking, and I'm actually like, even though they were bad in the moment, it, I'm grateful and thankful that I had them because it made it more fun and it made me look up, yeah. look forward to the fights more often, and um, it made me. Uh, yeah, and it may, makes me look back and see, like, wow, you know, like, everybody was talking about it. You know, because when you have a genuine, yeah. nice beef, like, it's, like, people look forward to the fight. And people really talk about the fight. And and I'm, yeah. and, ever, and what I notice now that I'm older, when you're younger, you're more apt to talk. And when you fight a young fighter, he's also more apt to be a little bit more mouthy, you know. And I, I always had a mouthy mouth, as people know. But Amir is only 23 years old. He wasn't going to, you know, he wasn't as mature as he is now. He also was going to be mouthy at me, you know. So... We ended up yeah. getting pretty mouthy at one another throughout the buildup, and it led a, it led up, and this is one of those backstories, right? It leads up to the weigh-in, and here's the backstory to the weigh-in. Again, one of those tidbits you get on the podcast, right? So the weigh-in, yeah. the fight is in New York, right? So I'm thinking, wait till I get this guy in New York, man. I'm gonna have the whole the whole weigh-in like ready to go, you know? Like this guy's trying to be all like big shot and this and that. Wait till we get to the weigh-in. So what happens? Golden Blade Promotions, who Amir has, unfortunately, I had a second-tier promoter. At the time, Golden Boy Promotions runs the show, and they make the weigh-in a private event at a hotel. You cannot get into it. So now my people cannot get into the hotel for the weigh-in. So what happens? I go to the weigh-in, and who do, what do I find? I find an entire, like, jam-packed room full of Amir's people. You know, like, so it's all, like, Amir chants. Uh, it's just going crazy. And I was so angry because I'm like, you didn't let my people in, but this guy's got a whole ballroom yeah. full of people. So I was already in a bad mood. I was it was already a tense pre promotion, right? So I'm already now I walk into the weigh-in and it's, I'm in a bad mood because now I'm seeing this, right? And then we have the weigh-in. It was probably the fight where I struggled the most to make weight. Uh, it was my last fight at 140 pounds. Actually, probably that whole previous year I was struggling a lot because with the one Diaz fights I also struggled a lot. So. Um, I remember I was in a bad mood making weight. Now I'm in an even worse mood that this guy's got his people here, and I'm in my own home city. I don't have anybody here. And all of a sudden, what happens? We weigh in, and we got to do the stare down. In the stare down, we're like face-to-face. -face, it's getting crazy. And Amir shoves me, and all hell breaks loose, right? We, we end up in a, the, the stage goes down. Like, the, yeah. I remember, like, it was a whole brawl that happened. They had to break it all up. And it was just crazy. And I was, and I was so angry. And I remember then how to go to the fight, how to go to the HBO fighter meetings afterwards, right? And when I went to the HBO fighter meetings, Max Kellerman tells me, you know, he said you put your hand on his neck, and I was like, absolutely not. I didn't put my hand on his neck. He just shoved me. It was he started this whole thing, you know? And it was like like a child, like a child, you know, like oh, you did it, no, I did it. When I look back at the video, 
Amir actually did wind up with a hand on his neck. It wasn't for me, though. Eric Gomez, who was at Golden Boy, was trying to separate us because none of us would step back. And he's trying to separate us. He's trying to grab his own fighter, which is Amir. But he grabs Amir by the throat. <laughs> so so Amir, <laughs> Amir probably thinks it's me putting my hand on his throat. And yeah. he shoves me right away. Because if you look at that video, that Wayne video, you'll actually notice... Uh, the instant Eric's hand goes on Amir's throat, Amir shoves me really hard. And then that's it. All hell breaks loose. The, the stage yeah. kind of goes down, and it, it, it's all melee from there. So, obviously, that didn't have to happen if, if Eric just stepped between us instead of grabbing the guy by the throat. You know, So, so that all triggered into the fight. Uh, the fight itself wasn't very good for me. Uh, Amir is world-class, but also stylistically, it's a nightmare for me. Uh, I was always a jabber who fought at range and controlled the range. But with a guy who was like Amir, who was actually the only guy I ever fought that was faster than me. Uh, then he had more range than me, and he fought at distance as well. It was very, very, very difficult, and uh, I would have to try to press him. I would told myself, if I can't get to mm -hmm. box him, I'm going to try to press him like I fought in the Kodo fight and just take him to a place where he maybe he's never been before, just like Kodo took yeah. me, right? But every time I have got close, I remember Amir did a really smart thing. He would either hold me or push my head down constantly, 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 yeah. you know? And I'm getting worn out trying to chase him down, walking into shots. And any time I get close, he does that, what he does to me. And so I got, the smoker breaks us. And then I got to start all over again to try to track him down. And he's got great legs at that age, you know? So it was a really uphill battle constantly. And um, eventually, you know, it just led to my demise. But I remember in the Lamont Peterson fight when Amir lost points for holding and pushing the head down. And I remember thinking to myself, all right, you got a referee who's enforcing it a little bit, you know, because Amir was never really much of an inside fighter. He stands too straight up. So what he does is he tries to force the fight on the outside, which is kind of like in, in a different method, kind of what was always what I did too. I wasn't really much of an inside fighter. I'd, I'd maybe catch and shoot a little bit and try to bump you off on my shoulder. But other than that, I wouldn't, I wouldn't really try to stay on the inside too long. And Amir was kind of like that too. And I tried to use his advantages. And uh, obviously it worked brilliantly for him in, in that fight for me. And it really, really caused me to have to uh, kind of reassess my career at the time. A lot changed that year for me, but uh, luckily I was able to turn it around a couple of years later and, and beat Sinchenko for the world title. Would you say it's the fastest hand you ever faced in the ring? Yeah, my f the fastest opponent I ever faced in the ring, Amir Khan. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. He was just—I mean, a 23-year-old Amir is, was like lightning, man. I mean, lightning. it was just like yeah. it was like it, I felt like. Is this guy even close? Because he wasn't a big puncher, right? But he was—I was like, he was wearing me out, and plus the 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 making the weight had drained me to begin with. So I'm like, is this guy even punching me, or is he just shooting his gloves at me? I felt like I—I I don't know if you're old enough, Dan. If you ever played the movie, the the video game Street Fighter, when you're a kid. Uh, Street of Fighter course. Two. So Street yeah. Fighter. See, I don't know how. I don't know. I don't know how outdated I am. If <laughs> generation knows these games, in Street Fighter Two. I felt like I was fighting Dalsim in Street Fighter. Okay. Honestly, I told. Yes. I told people. Yeah. I'm like, yo, I felt like I was fighting Dalsim in Street Fighter when I fought this guy because he's got these long arms. He's long and lanky, and he he reaches you with them, and he's fast as hell. So I was yeah. like, I, I I the best way I could describe it would be people ask me like. I felt like I was fine, Dalsim. So that was uh, that's the story. That's the kind of the backstory with me and Amir and the Wayne and all that other stuff. But all in all, looking back, especially me and Amir, are really cool now. You know, it, I I still have fond memories of the crazy promotions. Me and Koda was a crazy one. A lot of trash talking. Uh, me and Amir. Me and Broner. Uh, me and Juan Diaz with the with the whole robbery and talking about the right. Those are you know. When I look back, it, it made the build up more fun. And it made yeah, training more. One, it made training more worthwhile. You definitely had one of the most uh, 
the most fruitful careers in boxing. It really is, you know. Like when when you look at it properly, um, the vast majority of fighters would can only dream of achieving the what you achieved and having all the moments. And obviously, it helps when you got a bit of a big mouth as well. Yeah, yeah, uh, <laughs> well, that's all we have time for for today. As always, remember to like, comment, subscribe, all of that. Big fights coming up soon. Let us know if if, if you are agreeing with us in the predictions. Who do you think is going to win these upcoming fights? And we will see you next week.